This one goes out to my baby Jamal. Lay your head on my pillow. Here you can be yourself. No one has to know what you are scamming. No one but me and you. And Bola Rinze and Ade Tunle and Ade Kunle Funle. Ade La Way of Femi Temi Semi Yemi. I won't tell Ade Way your secrets. I won't. Your secrets are safe with Chicago PD. I won't tell your secrets. Just think of me as the pages in your diary. Let me just get the sound test done because my computer's getting on my damn nerves. Okay, hi, welcome back. I, I just don't understand how I need your permission to close something. Don't show me that rainbow wheel. Who do, who TF? Who TF? Who do you think you're talking to? Sorry, I, uh, you just caught me at an awkward time. I was just showing my computer what's what, who's who, because they were acting. One day we'll get into my saga of how many Macs I've cycled through in six years and my theory that I kind of missed the window where Macs were actually well-made computer tools instead of flimsy, you know, glorified Lisa Frank notebooks. Um, I don't really think they're built to last anymore, but <laughs> that's another story for another day. Let's keep focused. If you don't know where you are, welcome. You have arrived at Cake and Kombucha. I'm your host, Kilechi Aza. Please sit in your seats, fasten your seatbelt. Emergency exits can be found on either sides of this podcast, but don't touch that dial because if you do, I'm going to slap you. <laughs> Just kidding. Violence is not the answer except for this viral video that I saw earlier today, which I don't even know if I'm going to get into, maybe. But if the tangents haven't let you know, the show is about two things. It's about kombucha, which is our politics, our news review, us putting the pieces together, understanding the world we live in, answering the existential questions, the essential questions, and the cake, which is self-explanatory. I personally only like to eat red velvet cake if it seems like it was made in an old church-going black lady's kitchen. If it's not, I don't really want it. I see a lot of cake at these kind of, what is that, like bread place in Penn Station. Just because you dye something red doesn't mean it's red velvet cake. But we're, we're going to get into that more. So any case, yes, the cake part is where I just talk about things that come into my brain. And also reality TV, memes, social media, the fun stuff, the fun stuff. Let me tell you right now, this week has been a doozy. I mean, this whole month has. It's almost like... Everyone decided to pull down their pants and show us their ass for Black History Month. So I feel like I'm being trolled a little bit, but we're just going to roll with it, you know, because I can troll back. So for our first section, um, which I want to title things that no one asked for, Bernie Sanders is running for president. Yay! All right. With all shade intended, fully intended and accounted for, and I taking ownership for it, it's not like I wouldn't vote for him. Obviously, if it came down to him and Trump, if he's our Democratic candidate, I will vote for him. But at the same time, can't you go somewhere? That's how I feel about it. Do you feel like a giant hypocrite? I mean, coming from an industry where no matter how much rejection you get, if this is really something you want to pursue, you keep on going, you keep on going, you keep on going, you define your own future, you don't take other people's, you know, no as an indication that there won't be a yes sometime in the future. But I guess selfishly, I just am sick of this and I don't want any repeats of three years ago now. God forbid it was three years ago. Like, I don't want any more. I still have PTSD from the first time Trump was elected. I really just want us to start fresh. I feel like we need something so out of left field and so weird. And yes, I am totally appealing to the kombucha I mean, sorry, to the cake pop culture side of things because our president was a pop culture figure. He's barely a legitimate businessman. And as I've said before, unless you, you know, unless 
American entrepreneurial spirit is based on the idea that if someone gives you $100 million as a gift starting out the gate, you can lose it, go into bankruptcy, and then scam your aging father into signing over more property to you so you can take that out of his hands too. I mean, I think we have better examples of businessmen. So I'm just going to say, yes, he's a pop culture figure and a rich person, and America is obsessed with rich people. Not because we're aspirational and want wealth, but we also... You know, we also attribute all kinds of qualities they do not have, like intelligence, case in point. But anyway, we attribute to them qualities they don't have. Sorry. Um, <laughs> rant over. Don't let me record in the morning, y'all. I'm just going off. I'm just going off. This decaf chai tea has me going off. Okay, I'm going off. <laughs> also, way too much time to play with effects. I feel like there is a candidate that we haven't talked about enough. Her name is, well, it's me. No, just kidding. It's actually self-help guru and spiritual guide to none other than our queen, Oprah Winfrey, Marianne Williamson. Marianne Williamson, like I said, if you are doing what you're supposed to be doing and following what the queen says, then you would have already known who this was. I did because I've been reading O Magazine since I was like 12 years old. I just want to let you know that subscribing to magazines is like one of the few money saving things left you can do. It makes no sense that I can get 24 issues for $8, but that they cost $4.99 on the newsstands. I'm just saying... This information I'm giving you is free. Do what you want with it. Anyway, Marianne Williamson is a spiritual guide and healer teacher person. She has, if I'm just, I wish I could show you visuals. I'm going to link to this article from Vanity Fair about her in the show notes. And sis has no fucks given about her appearance. It's so refreshing. I mean, she's standing. She looks like she has a wind machine in front of her. Just every type of flyaway, no type of any type of dehumidifying, defrizzing spray was put on. She put on a black, like it looks like a tuxedo jacket almost, and a white collared shirt. And she just said, I'm running for president. Here's what this means. Here's here's what I'm doing. I mean, ends are fried, eyeliner. It's just crazy. And I, and I love it. I love it. You won't hear anybody asking her how much money she spent on her wardrobe or all the sexist questions women get asked because she's clearly had her wardrobe for 35 years and she doesn't care. But the most important part of what she's offering is reparations for African-Americans. <laughs> I'm laughing because this would help me. Only half of me, by the way. But I... Seriously, like, I just think it's kind of funny that an issue that is actually very serious that I think about a lot, and I don't understand why it hasn't happened yet, because other countries and other ethnic groups have gotten some sort of reparations. And I don't accept the answer of, it's just too hard to figure out, it was a long time ago. No, I don't, no, that doesn't, that doesn't really work out. We have enough money for almost all of the policies that we ever talk about that seem radical if we would just decide how to implement it. And we have smart people in our country that can figure it out, start some boards and orgs and, and get to work. You know, and people are like, oh, but some of the black people here aren't, you know, they're not African-American. Yeah. Yes, that's true. And I don't think they, they, they should get reparations, but I think whatever colonial, you know, whatever country they come from that was ravaged by colonialism should get reparations and then everybody would be taken care of but to see like people don't really they're not really sincerely asking like what will we do they're just trying to say that as you know as an excuse to say that it can't happen but instead I say oh, okay yeah I'll take you up on that what if America did the right thing and then everybody else followed suit and followed our example everyone in the western world followed our example and really did right by the the places that they got all the natural resources and riches from, be it rum, be it sugarcane, whatever, and the, the blood of the people that, you know, that fueled their economies was, you know, some sort of retribution was made towards those people. I actually don't have a problem with that. Um, but anyway, Marianne Williamson is running for president. She, no one is picking this up. I just kind of feel like I'm the only one who cares. 
And I don't know why. Uh, apparently, she has tried her hand at politics before. She tried to fill a vacant seat from a California representative, and this was in 2014. She ran as an independent. Again, don't care. I'll switch parties if you're going to get us reparations. Don't really care. Um, I'm actually intrigued, and I'm not even joking, by the idea of switching from a pop culture figure who's a narcissistic, crazy man to a spiritual, you know, a a non-religious spiritual guide. You know, if everything in America was based on the idea of spiritual wellness and not just, you know, green juice, but that would, to me, extend to things like making sure that no one is homeless or you know, making sure that we all have health care because how can you nourish your spiz- your your uh, your insides? You know, if your outsides are falling apart and you can't even figure out what you're going to eat next, you you don't really have time to meditate. So, I could see this kind of philosophy completely overturning just so many things that we take for granted as like the way America has to be. Dot dot dot. Anyway. I am unironically interested in the idea of Marianne Williamson being president just because I hate to sound like an inverse, you know, MAGA person about shaking stuff up. But I just my faith in our political system, my faith in just things being the way they always were is very low. And I also feel like this past couple of years has shown us that whatever weirdo you put in office, there's going to be the checks and balances of you know, actual politically minded people behind them to a certain extent. So right now, the focus can just safely be getting the Republicans out of office because they are up for all kinds of shenanigans and eliminating people's civil rights. If you put a self-help guru who hasn't, you know, seen the underside of a brush or a comb in 20 years in office, I think that maybe perhaps, you know, all of the 1,800 people that have announced they're running for president this year could be her cabinet. So she'd, she'd be set. She'd have a she'd have a great group of people. To- I, I, I don't know if the presidency is going to become sort of just like a symbolic position, like being queen, in which case let's circle back and give that position to Oprah. But I'm just saying some of you guys said Oprah should become president after her speech last year at the Academy Awards. And this might be the next best thing. But to move on to another candidate, um, Kamala Harris. Kamala Harris is being dragged through the internet because she was pictured eating greens and putting hot sauce on them. And I saw people saying, if it's not Louisiana Pete's, it's, excuse me, no. No, not all of us have the same kind of hot sauce. And I'm going to need people to chill because the rules of being black keep changing every day and I can't keep up. I pretty much... Only grew, I grew up only eating Frank's hot sauce because I'm from Buffalo, New York. Frank's is flavorful. It's not too spicy, although I like spicy. What I'm saying is for people that don't like spice, you can actually be like, this is a sauce. You know, this has a tang to it. If I put a lot of it on my food, my food is going to be spicy, but it's not just burning your mouth out where you can't taste anything else, which I've heard some people don't like that. I actually like to get burned. My showers are hot, but that's it. But I just have to say, chill. Everybody needs to chill, okay? If she goes to some city, if she's running for president, everything is a photo op, right? So are you telling me that if she's in some town, say it has really booty food, right? But the only good food in the area happens to be a soul food joint. Is she supposed to not go? And then if she does go, is she supposed to not eat greens? And then is she supposed to not put hot sauce on her greens? The whole thing is stressing me out because I don't like people telling me what to do or how to eat my food. But seriously, we need to chill. I haven't even had a chance to really investigate how I feel about her yet, but I know I'm not going to drag her for eating and say she's pretending to be black or not black or whatever. She, she's black. She's, she's black and Indian. It is what it is. And her policies, you can say that she has done things to help or to further the black community or to not further the black community, but she's not, those are not connected to her eating hot sauce versus mayonnaise or something. Like it's getting a little bit annoying. I'm just irritated at this point. And I would like 
people to just kind of get to the primary mostly unscathed. So with that being said, when this podcast hits a million followers a week, I will stop making fun of Bernie Sanders running. I, I, I pause to just think to myself whether I'm going to keep that promise. I'm going to try. Hi, I'm Marianne Williamson, spiritual teacher, healer, and guide, communicator with small animals and spirit guides from the other side. You might have heard I am running for president of the United States of America in 2020. Well, in 2020, our time, not the time from the land before. I feel that it is my calling to do this, even though no one has asked for, requested, suggested, implied, hinted, or even dreamed that this is something I should do. I'm not a politician. I don't know much about politics. But I do know that we're reaching a spiritual crisis. I want the blacks, my soulful, soulful black friends, who love to laugh, dance, shuck and jive, they need to be repatriated. Is that the word? They need to have reparations for what this country has done because we are out of alignment. We are out of alignment with our access of good and our access of evil. That is why the temperature is rising. You've heard of global warming? Well, this is a warming of the chakras. And if we don't fix it right now, we're headed to a place of great, great spiritual darkness. So, my fellow Americans or Americans or spirit people, I'm asking you to take my hand and put your hands together one time, rub them together and say, That was my campaign song. Thank you so much for listening. Marianne Williamson, 2020. I'm Oprah's friend. confused by what that was um the internet has helpfully and shadily sliced together the steve harvey interview with monique with clips from roots favorite part of where i found this i don't follow monique on instagram so this was in a shadow and act article by jordan simons and the title says monique shares clip of her steve harvey interview seemingly calling Steve Harvey a sellout. I fell out. Like, I love her, this Jordan, if it's a boy or a girl, I don't know, Jordan's, I love Jordan's level of, uh, you know, journalistic purity because she says seemingly calling him a sellout when, again, Monique's Instagram shared a video with a fiddler from Roots lecturing Kuta Kente about, you know, how to go along to get along being a slave. And 
spliced it with the footage from the interview, and then over that footage, is it says in giant block letters, sell out. A pejorative term for compromising one's integrity and morals, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> but we cannot be sure. We, we can't be sure that Monique is calling him a sellout. We don't know. But, you know, to be honest, that is the stance that some people take now with social media. They share stuff, and it's just like, I don't know. I just, I just, just something I thought was funny that I shared. I mean, clearly. Clearly, we know what, where you stand, girl. And a lot of people are behind her. Now, I'm not going to do a synopsis of all of the backstory of this because we already have other media stories that are very complicated and involve some of the same characters, Lee Daniels, which we will get to later. Um, and so, you know, everyone's connected by one degree or zero degrees of separation in Hollywood. But this has been going on for 10 years. That's plus, 10 years plus, like since Precious. So... Just to give you a, a glaze, a little cake glaze of information, uh, Monique has her gripe with Lee Daniels, Oprah, Black Hollywood, White Hollywood, Holly Hollywood, Holly 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 Hollywood, y'all, has started, I would say around Precious, I mean, I'm sure before, just being a Black entertainer, period, who's a female, but like, uh, apparently during Precious, she was asked to do press for free. She was paid like a nominal sum that people are paid for indie films. And then she was asked to do all this kind of press appearance for free, et cetera, et cetera. Her family wasn't being accommodated and put up in hotels and, and just things were not really going the way that they should for someone of her stature or for someone who signed any type of contract for a movie that's going to Sundance and getting that kind of acclaim. And so she was unhappy about it. Um, then there was a whole story that Lee Daniel, that maybe she was supposed to be the lead of Empire. But I think what we most remember her for now is the is her asking Net, us to boycott Netflix recently because they lowballed her. And I think they gave her like, I don't remember how much, 500000 300000 two or maybe it might have been 250000 for her comedy special. And then allegedly they also wanted to, her to audition which I thought that was galling. Like, I, I, was, I was not a fan of that. Um, so that's where we are. Now, we already know that y'all don't like to boycott stuff because you could not help eating some, you know, food poison giving dip for the Super Bowl. <clears throat> but, <laughs> just being shady. But we, we knew that, that Netflix boycott wasn't going to happen. And the glee with which people said they weren't going to boycott Netflix for her, it did bother me. It did bother me. I can't lie. Because I, I often go back to that question of what will we stand up for? Yes, I know a lot of you are saying not Monique, but like stay with me because it seems like the tides are turning now, which begs the question, do you just have to cuss out somebody else that's irritating for people to like have you be popular again? Because no one was with her before, but now we're rallying behind her and calling Steve a house slave who plays a fiddle. So... You know, that's interesting. Um, but basically, she was on the Steve Harvey show, and he was yelling at her, like yelling over her uh, about how pissed he was at her. And I, I, I think he's annoying, period. Like, you don't have to... It doesn't take much for me to find him annoying. You know, think like a dude, scratch your balls like a ape. All this nonsensical self-help books. Like, he has, he has bequeathed upon us a gift that will never stop giving of, like I said, advice from ashy people no one asked for. I'm not calling him ashy. He's successful. But if you actually look for his route to success, there's not a, a ton of stuff in it that you could model as a woman. If you're A, if you decide your main purpose in life is to find a husband and B, you buy a Steve Harvey book. C, you still wouldn't have the question answered for you of how he's not going to leave you and divorce you and marry someone else after you, you know, follow all the steps you did to catch him. So amongst other, let's leave the feminist gripes with the book aside. I'm just saying from a practical standpoint, I'm just saying like, it's never these men who, who tell us what to do. They're never not married like 18 million times. And I, I don't get it. The point of all that was, even though I'm not a huge fan of his, I don't begrudge his success. I, I'm suspect of his popularity, but I don't begrudge it. I still wasn't irritated like some other people were from the way he was talking to her. There were a lot of people that were like really offended by his tone, saying he should have smacked her. Like, 
I really did see it as like kind of two friends talking and I really did see him as more impassioned. Like I saw him as that thing of where you you have a friend who you feel like is going in the wrong direction. You just want to shake him. You just want to be like, stop. I hate seeing you struggle. I hate seeing you in pain. I hate seeing people, you know, come for you on the Internet. And if you would just do things my way, you could be so happy. You could be successful. You could have all of the accolades you deserve. Like, I kind of think he thought that. And she had to check him on a couple ideas. Like, first of all, I'm not a man. So I'm not respected like you. People question everything I do. Anytime I ask for anything or stand up for myself, it's taken, you know, in a weird way. I mean, I had a, I had people come at me a little bit sideways on set for a commercial that they lost my shirt. Like it wasn't the, you know, the, the woman who ended up losing it was lovely and mailed it back to me, but it was just like me not just leaving and being like, hey, I'm still here because I don't have a shirt to put back on and just just reasserting a thing, a thing that I shouldn't have had to like reassert. It was just people were acting like I had an attitude. It was just like, are you, are you ready to go yet? No, actually, um, actually it's just, wait, I don't, um, I don't have my shirt. Uh, like it's, it's just people play games with women. Like I feel like a dude would just be like, yeah, y'all lost my shit. So could you get it back to me? Thanks. And I have to be like, oh, oh my gosh, you're going to reimburse me. Thanks. That is so sweet. I, I I just, I can't think so. I mean, it's a lot. You have to go through a lot to just not be perceived as threatening, no matter what you ask for when you ask for regular things as a black woman. So already they're just kind of at cross purposes when he's telling her, if you do everything like I did it, it would be fine. But he, it was just like a good old Black History Month debate between like Booker T. Washington and Du Bois, like, it was, you know, him saying, uh, if you don't, you know, you can have these thoughts at home, but at the end of the day, it's more important for you to get money because if you get money, then you can up, uplift your offspring, your people. So I can't help anyone if I'm broke. So he was saying that integrity, I mean, he tried to walk it back later. He, did, he just said, I said what I said, so I can't take that back, which I actually appreciate him not playing word games with his own words because people do that and it's like it's recorded like we we could just I could just write a transcript of it but he said you know I did say that but I am a man of integrity which is like okay I mean are you a man of integrity if you tell people not to have integrity but he he was just saying like your values and principles are not as important as like getting the bag to some that's pretty much what he was saying and she was saying not all money is good money I think she said that. She was also making up the interesting point that she was hurt by the public and private optics of her powerful Hollywood friends like Oprah, Lee Daniels, him. Is Tyler Perry involved or am I just throwing him in there? I don't think so. Sorry. Sorry, Tyler. Um, she said she was hurt by the optics of people kind of standing up for her in private and then in public not standing up for her. And I read an internet comment which was kind of good, which was that, you know, to some extent, you do have to let your friends do their whole little, you know, fiddler routine their own way if that's what they're going to do. So it's kind of not cool to have people commiserate with you and then put them on blast because they have to honestly sign up for the revolution, like in good faith. You can't kind of like drag them into it. Um, so, yeah, this this debate was all about that. And it was meant to be coming out of love on both sides. So I don't know if Steve saw this uh this meme yet but yeah I mean it's all Monique's is she can be grading and I kind of I felt like she was mostly right about most of the things she said and it's still I do that wince that Steve said because it's like do people call women bitches for doing the least yes do people call black women will you be like good morning and someone like ah, don't get an attitude with me sis like yeah people are treat us crazy absolutely crazy but at the same time I do still feel like there's things she could have done to just soften it a little bit. Like, I, we're not in the world that we want to be in yet, so sometimes you do have to kind of frame things in a certain way. I think her husband kind of, from what I've seen of his clothes, uh, he just seems to lack a little bit of finesse and, like, Hollywood legitimacy. Like, I feel like aligning herself with perhaps, strategically aligning herself with a perhaps more polished management 
would have been a tactic to take? And is that compromising your values to say that your husband should necessarily be your manager even be like, or even if she had like an entertainment lawyer that would be the one that usually spoke up at certain things that could finesse relationships. I mean, we could be in a war, but you still have strategy, you know? So I thought it was a pretty fascinating conversation and a word about the whole like house slave, field slave, sellout versus whatever thing. Not completely comfortable with this rhetoric. And the reason is I feel like it kind of ahistorically it seeks to place blame on black people for slavery in a way and kind of say like, well, if you had fought harder, if you had done this or that, you wouldn't be in that situation. And I just feel like we don't do that with people in a refugee camp. We're not like, you shouldn't barter for a piece of bread to live. You should starve to death on your principles and things like that. So I feel like it's kind of a distraction. Like, I feel like there's way more nicknames for like black people in slavery than there are for like the slave masters and slave catchers and things like that. So it just, that kind of bothers me a little bit. Um, I don't like when we take that kind of stuff to heart and really just take it. And, you know, the hoteps, they're they out here. They out here being like, you know, back in slavery, you Cardi B and Nicki Minaj fans are the reason why the black woman was disrespected. <laughs> you know, like people do make these kind of connections. So I just think it's something to be cautious of. I think really hard about if I do, am I being a hypocrite right now? Because I do still hate how we can't boycott anything. No, that's different. That's not survival. So yeah, we should be able to boycott the Super Bowl. So now I want to give you a rundown of some other interesting news this week. And some really terrible news is going to be ensconced inside of it, but it is what it is, and I haven't heard people talking about it that much. Um, so firstly, this is not the terrible news. Um, it looks like airlines, as of June 1st, are going to start offering a non-binary gender option for when people are uh, flying. They can select undisclosed or unspecified. Um, I find that really interesting, and that, that option would be in addition to the options for male or female. And so you know, the statement from the two biggest trade unions for airlines was that U.S. airlines value a culture of diversity and diversity and inclusion, blah, 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 you know. But I think whatever the reasons for doing it, be it political pressure or just wanting to not be behind the times, I think it's great. I think it's going to make a lot of people uncomfortable and angry, and I think that's always good. You should always question yourself and be suspicious of why you're angry about things that have nothing to do with you. And, um, yeah, people just get really pissed off about this new era of people identifying themselves in different ways. And they're very, very stuck on male, female, and the males, males walk around like, and women walk around like, like, just get over it. Like, there's so many weird things in nature, man, you know, seahorse, male seahorses having babies. And I think we learned in biology in like high school about plants that change sex during lives that they can impregnate themselves and then uh, you know, fertile, inseminate themselves, something like that. It's, it's just, there's a lot out there. So we need to open our horizons a little bit and just, you know, change is not the end of the world. Every era has only progressed because there's been some radical change. And, you know, 50 years ago, people wouldn't think we'd have Tinder. I don't know. The next story is horrifying and it wouldn't be a podcast uh, that covered current events if I didn't have to go over some sexual assault that's happening in the news because it's the world we live in. But there is new footage of R. Kelly having sex with an underage girl that uh, CNN has watched. Not that, you know, there are entertainment news, but it, in the video, it's explicit. Apparently, it's 42 minutes long. They both refer to her 14-year-old, you know what, Six times, it says, he refers to her 14 as 14. So now we have evidence that this is what gets this pervert off. And he also urinates on her just like before. Now, Michael Avenatti is representing the man who is has brought this information to light. He's a whistleblower on this. He said he worked for R. Kelly for years. He knew about this. Now, obviously, this is a person who is coming out now because of the documentary. Like, obviously... He's hip to the game now that, oh, what I've been doing this whole time is a crime. Like, I knew that. But, oh, now people actually care about little black girls now. I need to come forward with this so I can get some kind of immunity, you know, when R. Kelly goes down. 
I'm sure that's what motivated this person because this guy has been doing this for years, for years. In any case, it's really disgusting and it's been eclipsed by everything else going on in the media right now, I guess. I, I, it's just crazy how this whole cycle goes, right? This cycle, like this was the biggest thing people were talking about two weeks ago, but now, you know, we're out of a government shutdown and interstate of emergency and empire and stuff. So it's, yeah, here's where we are. I'm sure I, I don't even think I've like talked to about it with, I think my mom mentioned it and I don't think one person I know has like mentioned it. I haven't seen anyone Facebook writing about it. So it's, it's kind of crazy, the silence on this one. Um, I did read a big a big piece about Ryan Adams. Ew. Ryan Adams, just another one. I mean, it kind of ties into the R. Kelly story because he's a musician who was more popular in the, I guess, early 2000s. He was married to Mandy Moore once. He disrespected the fuck out of my white queen, Mandy Moore. Like, I couldn't think of the white queens. I was I was trying to rattle them off last week. But yeah, everyone knows Mandy's Bay. A walk to remember was everything. Like, you don't mess with her. Sweet to me. Like, sugar to my heart. I'm craving for you. I'm missing you like candy. What? Get out of here. So he was married to her. He eroded her self-esteem. He told her she wasn't a real musician because she didn't play an instrument, which is like, what does that mean? Like, a, your voice is an instrument. I'm a singer. Like, get out of here. And I'm more famous than you. But, I mean, it was mentally and emotionally abusive. And she said she really lost those years of her life, like, following um, her musical success. She wasn't able to capitalize on it in that way. And similarly, he preyed on many, many women who were, you know, of course, eager to connect with a very influential musician. He would find them online, find their EPs, find their tracks that they posted on YouTube, gas them up tell them they were amazing and I'm sure they were they weren't they were you know (laughs) real musicians which women can be and then fly them out make some music with them proposition them for sex and then you know someone thinks they're recording an album that he's told them is going to get released and he's going to do this and that for them and then they don't sleep with them and the whole thing turns into this wasted confusing like horrible like could you imagine someone like fake signing you or do I mean I can as you're always in my industry needing some sort of gatekeeper and that's that's awful but also he engaged in text with a underage girl who I think was also 14 and would say things to her like if anyone saw this they would think I'm like R. Kelly and just for the record this was years ago so full circle to everybody already knowing about all of this stuff but when can people empower just not be sociopaths like when can you not like why is this the story it's so annoying and it also relates to my industry right like so with these young white women I don't think anyone's telling them like well I'm sure people are but not to the same extent like you're fast why would you go anywhere with Ryan Adams why would you go into the sound booth with him you know what that means like no I think you know they were clearly pursuing music and I think the same things of the R. Kelly victims, which I said. I mean, sure, he had fans. He had people drawn to him for different kind of reasons. But some of these girls in the documentary who meet him in the mall and, and he tells them that they can be a singer, like, I just kind of resent everybody being like, well, what do they expect? Blah, blah. Like, people can have dreams. People do have dreams. And it's very, this industry, entertainment industry, I'm not in the music, you know, recording industry, but, like, all across the board, there's things that seem... Well, I mean, we're just not, it's not corporate America. So the rules of like, what's professional and I would only meet you in the hours of nine to five and like none of that holds true. And so just the recurring question of how are we as women supposed to navigate this, navigate the socializing, um, the networking part when people are trying to sleep with us and take advantage of us and, but we have our dreams and we want to go ahead with it. So yeah, sometimes you, you might hear someone's a creep, but you still go and you're just like, oh, I have my boundaries. I have this person on call. I'm going to, I'm going to mold this into the opportunity that I need it to be. So it's a really tough position we're put in. And that's for, you know, the people that are above age. But the whole child thing, like, Ryan Adams is a pedophile, so I'm waiting for him to go to jail now. Like, something's got to give. New York City has cracked down on discrimination against hairstyles with a new law. And this law is designed... Uh, specifically to protect 
African-Americans. Um, it's written in language that could apply to more than just black people, but it's designed with us in mind, which is awesome. And it acknowledges the fact that, you know, certain hair can be cultural markers and, and not in the sense of like, you know, I wear my braids because... Bo Derek told me that um, it's part of beach culture. Like, no, Kim Kardashian. It's it's like our hair grows up in the air, a lot of us. It's curly. It grows up, and then when it gets long enough, it falls down. Like, it's not... Gravity's pushing in a different direction. We have to do different things to us. It's just not like straight hair. It's very different. And so... Anytime you have a set of standards of what is professional and what should be like this and what should be like that, and you start judging people on it, it's like, whoa, 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 it's 2019, and I don't have to look like you because I don't. I woke up and I was born, came out, the, popped out the uterus, and I, I didn't. So get out of my face with all that. And I read an article that was very relatable with people saying things like, you know, I don't like that at work. Like this one person's always like, oh, I, can't, I don't recognize you. Your hair is different every day. Like that is so insulting. The idea that you don't know my fucking face, which has been said to me before because I changed my hair is asinine. Like, let's just call stupid, stupid. Let's do that. Secondly, you don't have to say anything about people's appearance. It's like we're so held in on professionalism, but I swear in some sort of like, I feel like in like how to avoid sexual harassment or just any harassment one on one, like one of the big things you can do is just not say anything about how people look like you don't have to say anything. I, I don't know. And it's I feel like people know how to give compliments like, you know how to give compliments. I remember someone came up to me in one place I worked and like grabbed my praise and was like, oh, my God, did it. Did it hurt? Is it heavy? Like, I don't know what YouTube channel you watched or what you think you know now, but braid technology has changed. These are crochet braids. They literally feel like feathers on my head. Get out of my face and stop, like, condescendingly coming to me like I'm, you know, some deranged, like, black woman that's put a self-torture device on my head. Like, you're you're full of shit. Get out of my face. Like, no. <laughs> I don't like that person. <laughs> I almost thought of saying her name, but I'm trying to avoid the petty for 2019. But I'm excited by this law. I think an environment that just keeps people in line. Like, I have no problem with people being shook. Not to do what has been a major <laughs> focus of February, no fault of mine. Not to go back to blackface, but, you know, now Burberry has released a clothing launch where the models wearing nooses around their neck. So that happened. There was the Gucci sweater that had the black neck and you pulled it up and there were big red lips outlined on the outside, which was dumb. There were the Mashoud. See, I call them Mashoud, but they're not. There were these shoes by Katy Perry that had a face on them. And my issue was not that they were black with like red lips and they had like blue eyes and like an earring or something. My issue was that that was plagiarism. It looks just like designer Mashud from Brooklyn. I think he's from Brooklyn. I know the flagship is in Brooklyn. Like it just looked like a lot of stuff. It looked like a Modigliani sculpture. Like it was taken from a, a bunch of different things, but I'm pretty sure she bit off other designers for that, which people do. It's a rampant problem. Um, and then people were just pointing online that, like, there was a charcoal mask. Like, someone, you know, those models who are modeling face masks now, which is like, yeah, that has become a thing we have to model. Um, so the, they had a charcoal mask, you know, bright black that they're peeling off. And I have a charcoal mask, too, and I, I make myself feel uncomfortable when I put it on and look in the mirror. I'm not going to lie. But then people were like, what's not to be offended by in 2019? Okay, here's the thing. There's proportionally so much more real racism than misplaced outrage in the world that I don't want it. anyone who says stuff like, no, this is the offense culture, da-da-da, like you, you just aren't sincere. You just want to get a chance to do whatever you want to do with impunity. You don't really care about the issues that are being brought up. And while I think a charcoal mask is a charcoal mask and like, I don't think it's blackface, like maybe the, maybe whoever got mad was traumatized by the all the other shit that I named that they've seen recently. Like, maybe they're on high alert. What I'm trying to say is, I actually don't mind people being on their P's and Q's. Like, if it takes you being a little bit scared to do something dumb so that you stop doing things that are wildly offensive, like, it's obvious that no one really grasped that this is an issue because 
people's yearbooks are just a hot mess, you know? Like, oh, yeah, I was just dressed up as the KKK, but I've determined that's not me, and maybe it was me. I mean, I don't care. Like, I really don't care about people being shook. Be sh- also, uh, Colin Kaepernick was granted his settlement from the NFL, so Zaddy is rich and fine and all active and woke now. I don't have an issue with him taking this money. I'm sure he'll do something good with it. I just don't, I don't want to make anything negative out of this. Don't make me. And the last thing I was going to mention is that, yeah, yeah, Trump has declared an emergency and uh, it's not an emergency. So, yeah, he's trying to get this wall built and Coulter has turned on him. And, you know, when Skeletor Barbie has turned on Trump, that things have really gotten dire. So maybe he'll get impeached. That would be great. for president no one asked me to i am running for president you can too everyone a president everyone's a president you can be a president you can be one too you get reparations you get reparations you get reparations you get reparations everyone's a president oprah said we can do whatever we want to i'm a president you're a president we're all presidents 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 Marianne Williamson. I'm friends with Oprah. 2020, the year of the fairies. All right, the moment you've all been waiting for is here. It pains me to say this, but I waited until the evening to record this segment because I had a feeling that if I did it when I did the rest of the show in the afternoon, the news would have already changed by then. And I was right. Um, This morning... Jesse Smollett was considered a suspect, and now he has been officially charged with disorderly conduct in connection with filing a false police report. Um, This is a federal charge, and the charge is a Class 4 felony, which carries a potential sentence of one to three years in prison and up to $25,000 in fines. (sighs) So... I guess let's start from the very beginning. It's a very good place to start. So this was now like, I think, three or almost four weeks ago. um, Jesse Smollett, star of Empire, he plays Jamal. He said that he had been attacked by two men at like two in the morning in downtown Chicago who put a noose around his neck, poured an unidentified substance on him and told him this is MAGA country. Now... That happened. I'm trying to think, like, how do I, do I tell you the facts or then do I just go into the, like, analysis part? Okay, so that happened. Basically, apologies were given out because that's what happens when someone says they were attacked. Like, I think that's kind of normal that people didn't start their own investigative committees immediately after he said a thing happened. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to the opinion part now. So we just going to do it. Um that was normal. People apologize. People, it seemed like a hate crime. That's, I mean, it was obviously a hate crime. If someone puts a noose around your neck and calls you, hey, nigger, like, it's a hate crime. So people said sorry. And then the story would keep getting weirder and weirder. Apparently, Jesse wouldn't turn over his phone to the police. Um, now, me, I, just being the person that I am, thought maybe that's because of naked pictures. I don't know. I, that was where my mind went. But I was just like, maybe there's just like a lot of video and he doesn't trust Chicago PD. But things started to get shadier and shadier. And then apparently these two Nigerian brothers were involved. So why always got to be some Nigerians up in some shit? I don't know. You, go, you guys like to joke about how we're scammers and 419 and blah, blah, blah. But it's a big country, okay? So for every... Every person you know that's defrauding the government, there's also, like, a really nice person who just makes some some delicious stew. There's some doctors, some lawyers, some people that invented stuff. There's It's just, it's not all scams, but I'm done with that for now. But anyway, yes, it was two Nigerian brothers who allegedly were connected. Now, the thing that confused me, well, everything confused me. It was confusing. Like, if you're, if you weren't confused, I'm confused. Because now, which a few people said, it looked like the Chicago PD was kind of 
playing their cards close to the vest. Is that? Is it close? No, it's close to your chest because you're like holding the cards. Whatever, I don't play cards. So they were kind of, every time someone would come out and say something that was suspicious of Jesse, they would kind of like say, no, we're not investigating him yet, which was, it's true. It's not official until it's official, right? You have to collect enough evidence to charge someone. I mean, we all watch Law and Order, well, except for Jesse because he did a really bad job planning this crime. But so they would kind of contradict people and say, no, we, you know, we're just, we're doing our due diligence. We are not investigating him yet. We're not, we're not, we're not. And so they would keep contradicting kind of like the tea from the streets and stuff, which I was just like, I don't know what to believe because people, you know, the brothers are like, they were extras and extras in Empire. First of all, they weren't extras because I saw them have lines, first of all. So you're wrong. They weren't extras. No, but seriously, I was just confused because they were the ones who supposedly told on him. But I was like, they are like, if the crim- if the perpetrator of a crime is the, is the only witness you have, isn't that an issue? Like, I thought that was weird that they're shady characters, but they were the ones giving the statements about what Jesse had done. So it just seemed very confusing to me. I didn't feel like there was a reliable source um, of this information, and I was waiting for some good old-fashioned detective work, and now it's come out. It can't really be refuted. I mean, on videotape, the guys... The two brothers, who, by the way, were paid allegedly $3,500 to do this, go to Nigeria, and then $500, you know, was promised to them upon their return, which is like, how long are you going to go away for? Like, just two weeks? Like, I don't get it. But they were found, there was video of them buying the supplies for the crime. Come on. Come on. You're on a TV show. You don't watch no TV? Wow, you don't know there's cameras everywhere. You don't know. Why would you do that? I don't understand. Do you just think, hey, these two bodybuilding Nigerian brothers with really nice pecs are criminal masterminds. I'm just going to let them handle everything. <laughs> like, you got to plan it out a little better than that. That didn't really make any sense to me. But, I mean, that's evidence. That's what I was. That's what I wanted. I wanted some evidence. There's evidence now. I think it was the... The, who recused themselves? Someone on the case recused themselves, and I was like, "What? Well, that, that doesn't look good. She's she must be an Empire fan." Oh, the the county's top prosecutor. She's like, "I don't want anything to do with this." So there are so many. You know, it's it's like everything. I most of the stories I talk about on this show, it's not just the thing that happened. It's our reaction, and then our reactions to our reactions, and our reactions to our reactions to our reactions that interested me. So. There are some people that I love and respect. Shout out to you, Kenny, who said at the beginning, this sounded suspect. And I guess I can totally see that. But I also just don't I feel like people don't usually do stuff like this. So it's within reason to just take it at face value. But I've been known to be I can be naive and also like try to think the best of things. So I didn't really look for holes in the story. Like I heard it. I was just like, oh, that's weird, you know a weird bad thing happened and I didn't really go further than that but a lot of people said it sounded suspect from jump Chicagoans thought it sounded weird it was cold that night it was 2 a.m I wasn't thinking about that I think that was the night I I didn't have water for four days because my pipes were frozen I was focused on my cold front in my personal apartment so yeah there were a lot of things that sounded off to many people but those people attacked other people for like supporting him And now, you know, Trump gets to denounce him, which is very damaging. And I read a piece in the New York Times that I thought was really annoying. It's called The Case, An Object Lesson in What Happens When People Abandon Their Critical Thinking. And I'm like, I I disagree with that. I don't really think you get to, after the fact, say that what I like to say, what I've said to someone else is like, it's 50-50, you're right or wrong, Right. So it's either it happened or it didn't happen or either it was staged or it wasn't staged. So I don't think you're like some soothsayer for saying, and I'm not shading my friends who said that. I'm, I'm shading like this one guy I know who was so excited about it. Like he's just like, can't wait for Jesse to go to jail. And he was like, this, this is because black people are too reactionary and, you know, we are easily baited by race. And, did, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like this, he, this man got more scrutiny than R. Kelly for this. Like people were not... Of, a, of one mind about the truth of what happened. And I just think it's kind of weird afterwards to be like, see, we react too quickly. I mean, we might react too quickly to things, but that's because news comes out 
and it's not like fully verified, I guess. Like we kind of assume that things that are reported are true and you can take issue with that, but I don't think this is some reflection about how we want Trumpers to be evil and blah, blah, blah. No, enough of them are enough. Like this doesn't erase all the 911 calls against black people that have been happening over the past year. This doesn't erase the fact that usually when a crime is staged, it's in the other direction, which is why what Jesse said was kind of true. He was like, I feel like people wouldn't be doubting this so much if I, if, if I said I was attacked by a black person or a Mexican or something. Yeah, it's true that they wouldn't. I mean, they wouldn't. So they'd just be like, oh, he got mugged in Chicago, which is sad, right? So anyway, I just thought it was weird to, to use this as like an an indictment of how people are too sensitive and how they want there to be hate crimes. There are hate crimes. There are lots of hate crimes, you know, and I mentioned in the last show, there was the cop who last year, she shot herself in the foot accidentally and then said some big black man did it. Rachel Dolezal sent herself hate mail. I mean, crazy people do that. And it's not usually, to my knowledge, famous black gay men. So it so happens that now we have a crazy person in the crosshairs of a bunch of hot button issues, which, you know, we don't know his motivations, but we know that he wanted attention. So I guess I don't know what kind of category of narcissist, borderline. I don't know what that makes him because it's really weird. And so I just wish people would still have curiosity about why he did it, because I kind of feel insulted as an actor that people are like, he did it because he was getting written off the show. I'm like, this is not like some vaudevillian like cartoon, like oh, it's showgirls, I pushed the bitch down the stairs, and then I did this and that for my part. He's been the lead on a hit show for like five years. He comes from a whole family of light-skinned, pretty acting people. I, it's hard for me to imagine that he thought this is the, the last role he's going to get or that he wanted to play this role for the rest of his life. Like I don't personally know what his motivations are. And I kind of wish people just weren't like, oh, he's a messy gay. Like That's what they do. They stage hate crimes like nothing no information that I have easily explains why he would do this so I kind of do feel like we're all in this fishbowl of judging people for their reactions and I'm judging some people for their reactions and I guess some of you are gonna think I'm stupid because I didn't think like I I was just like waiting I was like it sounds weird but everything that kept coming out was either information from someone who I already considered to be kind of a shady suspect like the people that allegedly would have been part of the crime and, you know, just contradictory stuff. So I was just like, I don't know. And I still, I don't know why he would do it. I don't have a reason. I want to know why, but that, that's my issue in life. I always want to know the why of things. So, I mean, that's it. I would love to hear what you think. I mean, my mom told me she's, my mom is pissed. She thinks he should go to jail. She's really mad that he, um, you know, he was manipulative. You know, people are really being killed, for being gay and people are, especially, and trans people are, you know, being murdered. And so he kind of took advantage of and and diminished the plight of all these different groups. And I hear that. And I still, I'm not sure about jail time for this. I'm kind of going in an OJ direction where like, you should be able to plead this one down just based on your status. And if you can't, that will say something about, like, the racial makeup of the person that perpetrated this crime. Like, I kind of think it will. Like, I just don't... I have to go look up and see if that cop actually went to jail. I mean, I feel like she probably just... Whatever all the cops do that kill and shoot people and stuff, go to Cabo San Lucas with their pay leave. I don't know. Like, I want to know what happens to other people that do stuff like this. But it's bizarre. I just want someone to tell me it's weird, you know? I just don't want someone to be like, well, that's what actors do, you know? When they find out they're going to be ridden off the show, they hire a pony and ride through downtown, throw themselves off, get run over by a trolley, and a streetcar comes. And No, like, this is all super, super strange. I have information, but it hasn't given me answers. I don't. It didn't give me the answers that I care about my reality tv this week really quick on the way out i started watching youtube i started watching a bt show that is straight to youtube because that's where life is right now it is about a 21 year old named clifford who likes to wear wigs and makeup he said i'm a dude i just like to be a pretty bitch and he teaches hair and how to apply lace front wigs 
He made his first million by the time he was 21 years old. Okay? He's the new Madam C.J. Walker. And look, the show is about him and his little Atlanta friends trying to get money, mailing out these products and wigs while they still go to class and have their infighting. It's great. All right. That's it. This was Cake and Kombucha with Kalechi Azie. There was a lot of tea this week, so thanks for sticking with me. Um, if you want more information about the music that you heard, that is Melanie Charles in the credits, melaniejbcharles.com. I can be found on Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. What I really need is for you guys to like subscribe 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 and please leave a review if you rate and review that helps other people find the podcast all right thank you so much and i'll see you next week <laughs>